0: Check off game one, Rakovsky scores the winner, just one minute and 23 seconds in overtime as the abs take game one in the Stanley Cup final. I'm Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Josh Santos on tech, and our beloved Sammy McKee. <laughs> What's up boys? What's going on boys? Not too much. What a hockey
1: game last night, eh?
0: uh okay
1: oh i thought All it was right. a great
0: game did you
1: i, did. I thought what it did got you? off
0: to a slow kind of start they were i saw a week and a half off uh i think that that's going to be the worst of of the rest of the series
1: yeah i i so you know i definitely was able to tune tune in at the, the closest to the second and the third periods. And I just thought the good yeah, pace, it, we had a lead change. It, you know,
0: it did pick up. There's yeah. no question it did pick up, but, uh, you know, we heard from John Cooper after, and we'll get to a, a few of the Kipper Clippers right off the the hop here, but uh, we'll, we'll get Sammy's take in. But, uh, I, I thought it was, a if we're going to describe this as two heavyweights, go at it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a little bit of a feeling out process. Yeah. Sammy, yeah. what are your thoughts?
2: Ahead, I think the first, I think the first 10 minutes caller, uh, the, i uh, oh, sorry. The lightning were like, Oh my God, what have we gotten ourselves into here? Like, it just felt like they were completely overwhelmed for the first 10 or 15 minutes of that game. And Cooper kind of alluded to that in the, in the press conference, but, I'm with Borny here. like Like you said, I think there was something to what you're saying, Kipper, in terms of it being a bit of a feeling-out process. But these are two excellent hockey teams with so much high-end skill. Like, you just think of who's on the ice at any given time. It's just incredible. And I will say, just on the overtime... I was settling in, boys. I had the feeling what we were in for a long one. I don't know. It just, it had that feeling. They had uh, Simmer talking about it going to triple OT in game one, I think it was, against the Bruins. I forget what year it was. I just had the feeling it was going to be a long one, and then it was the exact opposite of that. So, loved the, loved the first game. We'll get into the stuff with uh, with Kippers Clippers.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, the star of the Stanley Cup final on Kippers Clippers. Uh, John Cooper on the lightning dropping game one.
3: Anytime you lose game one, you're not feeling great about it. Uh, we 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 probably we dipped our toes in the water here at the beginning of the game and obviously dug ourselves a hole. Um, but there were stretches that game. I liked what we were doing and there were stretches I didn't. And I could say that about game one in Toronto and game one against the Rangers. So this is a, uh, you know, it's like we, that we've cleaned this up, but there's, uh, there's some positive signs for us in this game. It was, um, but, you know, the, the right team won the game. So, you know, give them credit for, for pulling it out. Um, we've got better in us, though. Uh, I don't think, you know, by a country mile that we give them our best game uh, and we still had a chance to, uh, to pull it out.
0: We've got better in us. Which means that uh, we're we're following a trend here, guys. Yeah, that for whatever reason, they're notoriously now slow starters in a series.
1: Yeah, it's like a, a lack—I don't want to call it a lack of desperation, but truly like a feeling out process. Like, well, how does this team want to match up against us? To me, that. It's not a knock on Cooper It's a credit to him That he's able to see what the other team throws For the first couple of pitches And adjust the way that they play the teams And find their way through Really good opponents But to his point about having better players I thought both I I thought Hedman was not great So Sammy you really didn't think he was good And I thought Stamkos was a bit of a dog last night
2: Yeah I think I don't know what it was about Hedman But it just didn't look like he was sharp And you can go back to that that uh, hit on Lafreniere that he had on him—he just looked like he was a little apprehensive with contact, throwing pizzas a lot. Like I think there was two of their goals that came off turnovers from him. There's just something about him that doesn't look like himself. He got high-sticked. He looked annoyed. Biexa was talking about it. I just thought that their stars, other than Kucherov, who God, he looked good last night. Yeah, I just—I think there was a, their stars looked a little bit off, and they still almost won the game. But yeah, I, I, I. I Cooper is just so good at saying the right things in the postgame, and it's crazy to think that the Lightning have played in so many big games in the last three years that the first game of the Stanley Cup final isn't a big enough game for them to get up to. They're like, ah, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get them the next one. We'll get up for the next one. It's crazy.
0: The one thing for me is, uh, which I saw, is picking up the, the rhythm of the Colorado Avalanche, oh. clearly the fastest team that they've seen Oh, right. Yeah. And, and, and maybe no in two and a half, three years. So the gap control, the ability to to move the puck up. And if it's turned over quickly in the neutral zone, like it was on on uh, on a couple of goals here, including the game winner, they're going to come back in and, and, and make you look bad. And you can even make Hedman look bad if you. Turn the puck over at the wrong time. And that's where the adjustment needs to come into game two is picking up that uh, that Colorado speed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, the uh that OT winner, you know, the the headman pass hits, is it Stamkos or someone in the skate? But then you, you look at the the lightning forwards, and it's Stamkos again, these guys just kind of circling around in the neutral zone and it ends up being the second wave of Colorado players who score. Uh, Nachushkin makes a great play, not just saying, oh, my God, it's overtime, i got to shoot this, and makes the dish to Burakovsky. But that was one of those plays where I, I wanted to see a guy like Stamkos dig in, you know, p- stop, start, get back, get back and, and play defense. So I thought that wasn't awesome on the forwards part there. Um, but, yeah, there, it, it was really fun. Uh, what did you guys make of the way Colorado – or, sorry, Tampa Bay handled Kale McCarr last night? What do you make of uh, – the apparently the best defenseman in the world's game, according to everyone.
0: I thought, I thought they did a pretty good job on him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same Um, here.
0: Right. Like, think about it though. Uh, You know, two factors coming in is that uh, for a guy like uh, Kale McCarr, who does not have any uh, experience at a Stanley cup final level, you got to, you got to feel for the guy a little bit and the, the talk of the last week and a half and the comparisons and having the great one on uh, on TNT's panel uh, drop Bobby Orr's name uh, beside yours. All of a sudden now, think about the weight of, of the hockey world mm-hmm. on you during a Stanley Cup final. So I got to think that maybe he was a little nervous going into game one uh, in an area that he has never been before. And also the fact that... Uh, Tampa Bay's incredibly uh, conscientious of how this guy can hurt you. And yeah. think about the prep work in, in handling him the last nine days and mm-hmm. the assignments and, and all of that. So, again, much like I described this, this series right off the top of, of the show, I think that may be his worst game of the series moving forward.
1: And still, I thought he skated well and he was active, right? He threw a lot of reverse hits, like he, you know, handling contact well. He did a lot of good things, but a lot of his plays had to end in passes because the Tampa Bay was so desperate to take away any
2: skating and shooting lanes for him individually. He the one thing that he does so amazingly well, we don't really – it's not breaking news here, but the guy that he's probably the thing he probably does the best in the NHL at, and I noticed him do it a few times last night, is when he catches the puck between the dots a little high in the slot and he does that pivot thing and he fires a wrister, I mm-hmm. always think it's going in. It's yeah. just that such a – it's such a deadly play. He just changes the angle a little bit with his footwork. And he did it a few times. They had some chances in the last minute of the game when they went on that power play after old Patty Maroon shot it over the glass. But I agree with Kemp. I think he'll grow into the series. There was a lot of nerves going into it. But, man, he's so deadly from that high slot area. Just the pivots up there is amazing.
0: And you have to be absolutely perfect if you're Tampa Bay on which angle you take. Yeah. Because if you're coming yep. down the middle, this guy's got uh, as good or better a la- lateral movement off of, on a blue line or, you know, top of the circles – than any other player in history. When you talk about Connor McDavid having this third and fourth gear, his lateral movement, McCars, is, is as good as I've ever seen in the history of the game for me. I
1: know. And, and because of that, Sammy's point is so, so valid. Like he, he, you talk about those sifters. I went through all his goals this past year. He scored a ton of goals that were wristers from the top yeah. of the circle where he creates a lane with lateral movement, a little lean, just, just incredible. So three other storylines for me. Um, I thought Vasilevsky uh, was, was a storyline. Very good. The goaltending battle is worthwhile. I'm just going to give these and then do you want to hear John
0: Cooper? Do you want to weigh you in on You know what? Let's, let's. I, I want to get into your your list absolutely, but let's just yeah. close off John Cooper on Great. on the adjustments that they continue to make to turn a game two in into success because we cannot forget guys in the last three years, nineteen and one is their record coming off losses. So let's once again go to Coop and uh, and see the the lessons learned off of game oh. one.
3: Nothing surprises me because I knew they were extremely talented and, and they play the game really well, and that did not change. But now to get a watch it up close, and, and the players get a feel for it now, the players get a feel for guys they're playing against and some tendencies and how they skate and where they skate and areas they go to. Uh, it's, a, it's a learning game for them too. I, mean, I can, It's easy for me to just stand there and watch, but those guys are in the trenches. And so you get a little taste for each other. They get a little taste for us as well. Uh, so that's what makes best of sevens great is because you know th- by the end players know e- each other so well and then just the gamesmanship that happens and the compete and all those things but you're know, usually in games ones um, I mean, it was an exciting Game went to overtime but I think there'll be a lot to learn t- uh, for us for sure
0: in fact you're in the uh, the emotional component of it and you can say that you hate your opponent, but you don't hate them so you hate if them. you don't really know them that well. And, <clears throat> you know, you got to – the feelings that you have on, on wanting to, you know, get to somebody that's driving you nuts happens later on in the series, especially with the East and, and West conferences meeting now for the first time. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's no real rivalry here, guys. There's no real hatred amongst each other and those things develop as early as game one so let let that fester let that grow
1: yeah that's definitely a big part of it too you know i i was interested by how much and how effective pat maroon was before he took that penalty like they they used that hell out of that line you know i tweeted about it last night but there's a tv timeout with under four minutes left in a 3-3 game in the stanley cup playoffs cooper's got rested groups and he puts out maroon perry and belmar two yeah. minutes later a minute 40 on the clock maroon perry belmar like i don't know what that's if that said more about other lines or if he just really liked the way those guys were going but no, those guys were all no. in
0: double digits what what it says is i've i've I started the season this way and I've had confidence and I've never changed them. And they've been together the whole year. And this is, this is the way we roll. Right. Yeah. They use Where everyone. Got, I,
1: yeah, I was looking You got Bogosian out there at the end of the game. Rudas on the ice. They use everyone all game. And
0: look at other teams scrambling. Look at the Leafs in, 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 in the first round, uh, Spets, uh, what are we going to do on our fourth line? And let's make it up as we go along. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not the way championships are, are won here, trying to glue together a fourth line in the first round. This is putting a line together, sticking with them, and, and going through the process of, of, of learning and growing. And that's what that fourth line has been for Tampa Bay. K- Borny, you mentioned them being on the ice there. Uh, I was just as shocked
2: as you. I was like, oh, wow, he's going to them here. And then Corey Perry digs out a puck behind the net and puts it on Pat Maroon's stick in the high slot. Yeah. And like,
4: well, you they know, had I- some,
2: like They were out there for a reason. Their shifts, they look good. And then I uh, just I hate that penalty. Just the rolling puck. He's trying to go off the glass. There's zero intent involved. I I hate that penalty. But it, obviously, you got to call it to black and white. But, yeah, I yeah. really like what they were giving them. Patty Maroon looked good. Well, and you know what? How about Maroon gets out of the box 36 seconds into overtime, and
1: Cooper says, stay! Stay out! And and they almost score. Him, I think it was Stamkos and Kucherov, damn near scored before the play went the other way. So, interesting how much use those guys uh, still getting. Um, I did want to mention the crowd last night. I thought that you know, a given uh, it could have been squeaky bum whole time. It was here in Toronto, 3-3 at home. You're supposed to win the game. Yeah, I thought the crowd was electric. Great chance, good energy. You guys?
0: Yeah, it's a Stanley Cup final. Isn't that a given? No, really? the Oilers crowd stunk. The Oilers crowd stunk in this,
1: you
2: know, the conference final,
1: I no, thought, against I... Colorado. <sighs>
2: here, here's my thing. Colorado is a real hockey market. They've had a team for a long time, and... I like I I think it was a great crowd, but I don't. I think that they are kind of numbed like pain. I know they've been out in the second round, but they've won cups there. I don't think it's the number one sport in Colorado. Like I think they really you know they're just they're enjoying happy to be it. There. They're, they're enjoying having fun like, like real think, like how nice is I that?
0: Think,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think a Toronto Maple Leafs home crowd, if they go down in the Stanley Cup playoffs yeah. or final, is going to be acting the same way. It's going to be much more, you know, scars and squeaky bum hole, like you said. I, I think it's a different thing.
0: And the scars do run deeper here in Canada than they do south of the border. For yeah. no doubt, for missed opportunities, Correct. that's what I'm getting at here. Of Stanley Cups. so for sure. You know, I, I get it, but I mean, it. Come on, it's everybody should be cheering for their home team. At the end of the day, right?
1: Well, of course, it should be, but yeah. What about I, all I the small things? In. You guys love that the little Blink One Eighty Two. If it that had that more means? meaning, I would like it. I I love it. Like it's cool, but like you work it into a. I, I saw as it Jay Fresh tweeted last night that you work it in like Bolt suck I know or something like well, you know something. We're, yeah,
2: you know. So it's not just singing a Blink One Eighty Two song for
1: no a, reason. A
0: little more flavor, th- th- eh? Th- th- th-
2: <laughs> yeah. Well. Turn the lights off, carry me home. They want to turn the lights off of the Tampa Bay Lightning and carry me home right. in an Uber.
0: That's, that works. There you go. That works. <laughs> you know what uh have we got a have we got a final count of of first round draft choices picks in this series and what is the final tally? I it's, think it's 4. 4. Fro, oh, sorry. Round for, picks.
1: No, first and, overall first, picks. No, I was going No, I'm talking okay, about yeah, yeah.
0: first round picks.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't First know. First round is.
0: picks. It a is lot. phenomenal. It is yeah. it, it it is pretty incredible, which leads us to you know Nakushkin and uh, another top ten pick in the NHL that is almost like found money for Colorado. Uh had a horrible experience in Dallas, injuries. What happened? I think he had surgery he had a no goal season. He had a no goal season, went back to the KHL, and then I think uh uh Joe Sackett convinced him to kind of come back and rejuvenate his career and, and now the guy is like a horse out there. Almost 20 minutes last night. Yeah. And uh sets up the game winning goal. And uh what like that's that's how you win. It's you can go McCars and you can go uh, Nathan McKinnon's, but when you got a guy like this stepping up right now, man, that's, uh, that's some real depth. He is six foot four, 210 pounds, 27
1: years old. What does he make? I don't know. $2 million. I don't even know what he makes against the cap, but like he is just an unbelievable asset for that. Avalanche UFA team. UFA. Is he? Oh man. My, my boy's about to get paid. Yeah. Um, but you know, he just—I thought he was the best player for Colorado last night. Uh, sorry, guys, I'm just looking up his cap hit. Yeah. It's Actually, so Sammy, actually... you
0: you talk about you talk about the pain of Leaf fans watching Hyman and and Kadri. How about Dallas fans watching Nikushkin with Colorado right now?
1: It doesn't even make sense. He makes two and a half. It doesn't even make sense how they let him go, though. He was so good there, even without scoring goals. No, they goals. just gave up on him.
0: They just Zero gave goals up on him. And fifty-seven games. If I'm not mistaken, he had a he had some major surgery, either yeah. uh, a hip or or something. But uh, they just they just thought it wasn't he uh, wasn't worth it. And now, wow. one of the better power forwards, two hundred foot guy, get some votes for a selkie. I don't know. I mean,
1: 25 snipes this year and only played 60 games,
0: and uh, a heck of a pass on uh, the game winning goal.
1: Yeah, I love the decision not to just plow that onto the net. Why don't we go to Jared Bednar, who had some things to say about Nachushkin in the postgame presser.
5: Let's hear it. Yeah, huge, huge X-factor. I mean, he's been doing that kind of thing for us for a couple of years now. Um, incredible season he's had so far. He's been a difference maker, you know, almost every night for us. Uh, his ability to check and check pucks back and keep us playing offense. He saw it on display tonight. Um had some real good scoring chances for himself obviously a great play at the end to set up berkey uh, and you know he's he's been playing with mac and and landy on that line and i've been using them you know sometimes there's penalties and changes and I'll, I'll try to get miko out there a little bit too so it's an easy flip-flop for those guys they're familiar with both of those lines uh obviously Miko with mac and landy and and then val with uh Comfer as well so um, just trying to roll guys that are fresh and and putting them in opportunities that, that they can succeed in. Those are the foot soldiers right now,
0: boys, that win Stanley Cups. Those those guys that can step behind your superstars, alleviate a little bit of the offensive pressure. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know, Nathan McKinnon scored the game-winning goal here. Um, you've got Burakovsky and, and Nikushkin. uh taking some weight off the big boy shoulder it's
1: huge it's huge yeah you know a lot of things it is funny like there's still more from the best players we mentioned you think there's more from a car mckinnon doesn't score we didn't think stamkos was great we didn't think Hedman was great you know the other superstars for the for this tampa bay team were kucherov and vasilevsky i thought kucherov was great vasilevsky i thought he made a lot of great saves and kept the minute i think that's a, a runaway abs win without him i don't know yeah. about you guys so,
0: the the one guy for tampa that that always stand stands out for me boys uh and and playing the role of uh the Nukushkin for tampa bay is palat palat yeah, to yeah. me is like just all money and at the end of the day he's a 15 20 goal scorer. you <laughs> know that's all he is but yeah the little things that he does to help you win is is off the charts and this guy I think is also going to be a UFA and uh that one is going to be interesting to see if Tampa Bay can re-sign him or if he goes to market because I can't, how many teams including the Leafs would would love a Palat oh. in in their lineup. I the Leafs can't afford him but that's 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 a guy that helps you win championships.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's impossible to know, too, when you don't have the raw stats, how much do you value the intangible stuff that he does? Uh, scores game winners against the Rangers. Another big goal last night. He's he's a playoff performer for sure.
0: All right. Let's welcome in Brian Boucher, of course, former NHL goalie, hockey analyst on ESPN uh, and, and a guy that uh, uh done a great job all season long coming on our show. Hey, Boucher, how are you, pal? Thanks for joining us.
4: I'm doing great. Doing great. Great to be with you guys again.
0: Yeah. So we were just having a discussion on the Palats and the Nikushkins and uh, basically the the foot soldiers that have to step up. Uh, You know, we we give uh, the superstars the the due respect uh, on a nightly basis. But when they aren't producing, man, it's nice to have these type of guys in the lineup.
4: Yeah, I I don't know that, uh, you know, you can get away with winning – you know, a round or two um, with maybe just your stars carrying, carrying the weight. But at some point, inevitably you're going to need guys like you mentioned, a and and you and players like that. Uh, The, you know, it's not that they're lesser than, but they're just the guys that they're the guys that typically the ones that dig pucks that bang, bang the, uh, the bodies and, and, you know, loosen things up a little bit for the stars to do their work. But um You know, if they don't inevitably chip in, I think, you know, you find yourself uh, shaking hands and playing golf pretty soon. So, you know, both those guys, I thought last night, uh, did a very good job. They've been very good in these playoffs. I've always been intrigued by Nechuskin because, you know, you think about his time in Dallas and he went that – I don't know how long he went without scoring a goal at one point. He's a first-round pick, and you look at how big he is and how well he can skate, and you're like, man, how can this guy not put it together – you know he's in a great situation playing with some really good players here in Colorado, and I thought he had a, a monster of a game last
1: night. He was awesome, well, Bush. What were your initial impressions of how these two two teams uh, stacked up against one another in the big picture?
4: Well, you know I look at uh, Colorado's speed, and I say I, I don't know that um, I don't know that Tampa has faced that yet in these playoffs. Like I know Florida was the highest scoring team in the NHL in the regular season, but it just feels to me like Colorado is like another another level fast. You know, guys like McKinnon and, and McCarr and, and the way that they can skate. Uh, so you wonder what that matchup would look like. How, like how how is Tampa Bay going to slow it down? Yet Tampa was able to find a way to, you know, to get by Florida and, and shut those star players down. They basically squeezed New York out of it uh, after a shaky first game and, and didn't allow anything really five-on-five five after that. Uh, So, you know, you think about how Tampa Bay is able to, you know, kind of change their game to how it needs to be played, and I think that's what makes a a championship-caliber team, right? They're not just about trying to to score uh, or outscore their opponent, that they can find ways to defend and they can find ways to slow some of the best players down. Um, I was surprised last night, though, at the energy and the sharpness that Colorado played with. I really thought the rust would be a factor for them. And I know you can prepare as much as you want in practices, but man the, the, the game is so fast and, and the contact and all that it, it's hard to you know to, to you know catch that moving train yet I thought Colorado in that first period, their speed was on display. I thought it put Tampa on their heels, Tampa turned pucks over. they couldn't handle that that speed and you know inevitably they you know they, they fell behind by two in that first period so uh, a better start for Tampa Bay is needed. In game two, we'll see if they can bounce back. They seem to always do, but uh, I-, I thought Tampa was going to win game one considering the fact uh, that-, that Colorado was dealing with a lot of rust.
0: All right, let's get right into your uh, expertise uh, wheelhouse here with the goaltending. Uh, for whatever reason, in 2022, Vasilevsky uh, is not going to have good numbers in game one. I think it's uh, goals against average of almost four. And an eight eighty four save percentage, yet he arguably was their best player last night and gave them a chance to win. But what is it with uh, early starts in the series for Vasilevsky, and then uh, the turnaround to close series? Uh, what what do you make of that?
4: Yeah, it's a little it's a little odd considering you know he's been around you know for, for quite some time now that you know he gets off to um, not as strong a start as he wants in in the series. Um, I I don't, I don't think I have an answer for you, Kipra. I'm not really sure, you know, like you'd think a guy like that would be able to, you know, to start better than he has. Um, But, you know, the thing about being a goaltender is it's so much different than, than a skater. You know, the game has to come to you. You have to wait for it to come to you. You can't go and do something proactively, like, you know, go, go bang a body or, or what have you, or set the tone yourself. I mean, so in some cases, you're you're at the mercy of, of how the game presents itself to you. Um, but, you know, there's no question that I think these starts are probably not the starts that he wants. He probably at the end of the game is like, you know, man, I wish I could have had a better first period. It w- would have gone a long way to maybe not allowing uh, the Avalanche to play with the energy that they played with. But I thought after giving up that third goal um, – after that he made several key saves uh, in the second period. Where I thought you know his stick was active. You know he just really he found his game. And after Vasilevsky, that I think we're going to see the rest of the series. Um, but how he's able to finish series, I think, speaks to the killer instinct that he has and the focus that he has. And when it when it comes time to buckling down, there's there's nobody really better in the game right now that, that does it. So uh, Vasilevsky, not the first uh, 20 minutes he wanted. I think the the one. Uh, the Nachuskin shot, I believe it did go off Bogosian that went five holes. So, you know, that's kind of yeah. tough, but um, he'll, he'll be better. He'll be better. He'll, he'll lock it down and he'll give his team a chance. I think in the end, you know, everybody would agree that the, the, the edge and goal goes to the Tampa Bay. Uh, I think it's going to be a factor in this series. And I'm, I'm certainly not giving up on my, uh, my thought that Tampa Bay is, is going to win this series.
0: I've, I've n- I've never been a goaltender. <clears throat> I've never played one on TV, but is is there any um, is there anything to the fact that uh for for whatever reason there's there's less stimulation in game one and the senses don't kick in with that sense of urgency that you you speak of and uh it's just he's notoriously better when more's on the line
4: it could be I mean uh Sometimes you hope uh, the game's going to go your way, and then there's other times where you can uh, dictate that the game's going to go your way. Uh, maybe that's the case for Tampa Bay in these start of these series. They're dipping their toe in the water a little bit too much and hoping that maybe the game's going to play out the way they want it instead of dictating the terms. Um, I think maybe you'd be more concerned if when the pressure ramps up that you can't respond to that pressure. I think that tells me that you probably don't have what it takes to, to be a, a champion. And I'd be a little less concerned that Vasilevsky can't get the, the motor running early on versus what he's able to do later on when the pressure ramps up and he can really close out series and get dialed in. So uh, it, it, it is a, an interesting um, wonder as to you know why it's happened to a guy like him because he's not a kid. I mean, he's now getting into the prime of his career. And I'm sure he wishes it could be a little bit better. But uh, the fact that he gets better as a series wears on, I think speaks to his uh, championship pedigree.
1: Boosh, well, watching that game last night, trying to make sense of – uh, you know intangibles that this tampa bay lightning has like they c- continually find a way through teams even when you don't necessarily think that they're the better team or the more talented team how much stock do you put in their experience and their past as an advantage over colorado because like looking at the rosters you can see the abs have a ton of talent but uh, talent hasn't beat the, the the lightning in the past
4: i put a lot into it um I think that's what makes them, you know, that's what makes them special. Uh, you know, they're chameleons. They can they can adapt to any type of game that needs to be played, um, and the fact that they have a, a bend but don't break mentality. I think they they recognize that, you know, not all sixty minutes are going to go your way. Yet you know you kind of hang in there, and and you know you got a goaltender back there that more times than not is going to give you an excellent chance to win a game. He's going to shut the door when it needs to be shut. Uh, so you play with confidence that way and then you have you know game breakers that can make plays under pressure and you think about when it's a 3-1 hockey game and a play needs to be made Kucherov makes the play and it it's a, it's a, you know and then all of a sudden boom they're right in it and you get a different feel and then the response to they score you know under a minute later after that so to me all of those intangibles uh that's why I I feel like Tampa Bay should win this series. I thought they would win game one. I'm not going to, you know, back off of my thought on that. But because of they've been there, done it, I don't get the sense that they're satisfied with winning two in a row. I think they want to uh, they want to create a dynasty uh, with this group. Um, and the fact that they, they uh, you know, they, they find ways to hang in there, that it makes them a dangerous team. You know, can Colorado's talent and speed and skill Find a way to get it done the first time they get to the finals, possibly. But I, when you get here to the finals, it's a different animal, and it's a, it's a bit of a circus. And if you can stay focused and not get caught up in all the the extra stuff that's going on, because it's a lot different than any other series. If you can find a way to get through that uh, and win, that's a that's a major plus. But uh, Tampa's been here; they've done it before, and I don't think they're gonna they're gonna back down at this point.
0: We're joined by Brian Boucher, former NHL goalie and current analyst on ESPN during the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Boucher, just your overall thoughts on on Kale McCarr. Um, You mentioned that this is a different animal now in the Stanley Cup final. Um, This guy, in a very short period, has gone from any other first-rounder to now a guy that's being compared to a Bobby Orr. How do you think he handled uh, game one in... uh, uh, Including the attention that Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay, and uh, showed him, and, and the respect that they showed him.
4: Yeah, I, I thought he had a good game in Game One. I think that, you know, let's go to the goal. Uh, you know, the the Palat goal. I mean, I think he knows. You know, he's got to stay with Palat. There, he lost him. You could see his reaction after the goal. He was, you know, he he was mad at himself. Um, but that was a great play by Kucherov and uh, a good finish by Palat and presenting a stick down that back post. So. Yeah, he knows he should have had that one. Um, but aside from that, think about uh, you know the, the two nothing goal, and the Truskin's goal. I know McCarr doesn't get an assist on the play, but he hammers down the wall and creates that turnover. Uh, McKinnon picks it up and then the Truskin scores. So you know he was on his toes. I thought he was skating. I thought he was getting stronger as the game went on. He knows the contact's coming if they have a chance. I love the fact that you know the one time Hagel was coming in on him, he reversed him right into the net. So he's not backing down from any of that stuff. Um, I thought he had a strong game, and I, 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 I thought he was going to be a guy in overtime for Colorado I was going to get it done, especially on the power play. You could almost sense that they smelt blood in the water. It didn't happen, but um, I thought it was a good game one for McCar. He's been a, a treat to watch. And, and as good as, like, in the last series for Tampa Bay, as good as Adam Fox is, uh, Adam Fox is a cerebral player to me. He doesn't have the physical attributes that Kale McCar has. The motor that McCarr has and the speed that he plays with—it just—it's nonstop all game long, and that—that that could be a real driving force for this Avalanche team in this series. Was, you know, if they're going to win, the, if they're going to win, the, if they're going to the, win the cup, I think McCarr is going to have a huge part. It might be the con smite for them uh, when it's all said and done, and so they're going to have to find a way to slow him down. But I don't know that you can. You just got to hope that uh, when he has chances, he misses, and and you capitalize the other way.
1: Bush, how important do you think matchups are? Like, I, I know here in Toronto, they had, uh, you know, Austin Matthews goes up against Philip Deneau in Montreal, and Sheldon Keefe says, you know, we're not afraid of Philip Deneau. We're not taking Austin Matthews off the ice because of Philip Deneau, and then, you know, Matthews gets nothing. Uh, looking at McKinnon and Sorelli last night, uh, it looked like, the. You know, Tampa wanted Sorelli out there against McKinnon at times. Bednar said, forget it. We'll just throw McKinnon out there. We don't care. You know, we just want to get him on the rink. What, what do you think about the importance of those matchups, or is it just important to get your best guys out there as much as possible?
4: You know, I, I, I've never been a coach, so I can't speak to the mind of a, like how coaches think. But if if you believe in your best players, you should want to put them over the boards as much as possible. Like, if you have any doubt that they can't uh, that they can't get the job, then I, then I think you really worry hard about matchups. Now with McKinnon in that line, I think they did have pretty good numbers against Sorelli uh, last night. If I if I'm not mistaken, I, I didn't have a chance to really look at that, but I thought I glanced over it. You know, it, to me, McKinnon's on an, on another level, like with the way he plays and his speed. So. I don't know that you, you need to be overly concerned about it. You see how it plays out early on in the series. If the if if the numbers tell you that he's getting chances, and I thought as the game wore on, McKinnon started to get chances. I thought he passed up on a chance uh, in the third period when McCarr dropped it to him. He was looking for a pass, and I just love when McKinnon gets on that offside, and instead of looking a pass, he kind of gets to the middle of the ice, cuts to the middle. So that that can be a real difficult save for a goalie. But I thought McKinnon had some chances last night. If I'm Bednar. I tap him on the shoulder. I get him out there as much as possible because I would believe in him uh, in this situation against anybody.
0: Bush, one more for me. And, and John Cooper mentioned uh, Braden Point and the challenges of coming uh, off a month and, and seeing Colorado. Uh, yet he went to him for 18 minutes. Did you see enough out of those 18 minutes that says that uh, he can regain uh, pre-injury status and, and and be a huge factor in this series?
4: I thought he was. I I, I don't know. I, I thought he was okay. I, he didn't jump off to me as much as 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 you'd like or as as you expect. But as you mentioned, a month off, you're coming in. You're playing an altitude. Um, it's tough. I mean, it, and it looked like the injury was significant enough that I'm sure there was probably a lot of uh, questions and points. Mind, you know, when when you when you have to get to that next gear and you have to, you know, you have to have that explosiveness. Will it will it be there? So. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought, you know, like when I think of Tampa Bay's game uh, in general, I thought that they were, they were on their heels too much. I thought their power play didn't garner enough momentum after the first power play. Like I thought their first power play, they were shooting pucks quickly. Uh, they were getting pucks through, but as the, as the second and third power play, they were too slow to to make plays and allowed Colorado's aggressive PK to take over. And I think that's a place where a point could, could make a difference is on the power play. So uh that didn't happen i think he'll get better as as it goes on but uh we'll see how he reacts too after you know playing his first game in over a month i think it's fortunate for him that there's two days off in between games uh one and two um there's better to his game is basically what i'm trying to say i think there's better and 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 they're going to need him to be better uh you know if they're gonna if they're gonna push it a little bit more here
0: god the two days off to me that it just sucks. They should be playing tomorrow night. I do get it. We we spent all agree. this time off and now we give them 2 days off.
4: Goof. Well, I goofy. screwed up because I thought that uh, I thought we were traveling on um on Saturday. Uh, so I booked flights and I was all set to go and then I found out there was 2 days off. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had, to,
0: I had to rebook all my stuff. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> oh my god. Demo. Straight to Target for more underwear. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, you know it. I'll be going. Thanks, there. buddy.
0: All right. Appreciate your time, Brian. Thanks for doing this.
5: You bet. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bush.
0: Brian Boucher. Yeah, seriously. Wednesday to Saturday, guys? Come on.
1: I guess it's like, you know, Hawking in Canada Saturday. I imagine that's the idea, right?
0: I don't it- know. Like, there's a lot going on. Uh, don't give people two days. Uh, of of going right. somewhere else. You're is, right. Is, there, is it not a pretty important golf weekend coming up? U.S. Open, baby. Let's go.
1: Yeah, there's stuff happening. And also, I mean, it's just summer. You start to lose people to summer. Like, oh, we're going outside, actually. We have a barbecue. We are.
0: We are. We're, <laughs> you know? we're like in the third week in June, people. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's going on in Trinity Bellwoods this weekend? Nothing. I'm there. Let's go. You know? <laughs>
0: All right, Sammy, uh, you want to give a plug for the U.S. Open at all for your show, or are we good? Sammy, you're muted. I think Sammy said
1: a hundred things today on mute. There you are. I can't.
2: (laughs) Am I alive? Am I here? You're good. You're good. My mic is on and I am connected, so now we're speaking words. Um, Yeah, I was just saying you're talking about going deep into summer. I remember in the bubble playoffs, it was like August. I'm like, yeah, I'm heading for the dock. Like, I I don't think I need – I don't care about hockey at the moment. But I, of course, watched every moment. Yeah, uh, U.S. <laughs> Open early leaders. Uh, tied. Morikawa and Rahm amongst the leaders right now. Homa yeah. lurking. It's
1: literally was sitting up. on my betting Morikawa finger. I, I was ready to do it and
0: then bailed. God. The only question is – but it's Thursday win. at 9.30. You'll survive. Can, can Rory win without you, Sammy? That's a good question. Know, they have to but put wearing,
1: Sammy on the bag next week.
0: He's wearing the nicest golf shirt
2: of all time today, boys. I I need it. I need oh, it. Yeah. It's so nice. You know when it's. I need it for when Kipper invites us to Rosedale. I need it. All right. All right. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Okay. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll take a we'll take a quick break here. Uh, uh, there's a lot to get into. Uh, Matt Murray, and all of a sudden, you know, some talk about him with the Leafs and the, their goaltending scenario. I want to get into that a little bit. Uh, Gary Bettman had a newser. Did we learn anything new? Uh, anything exciting there? Still more meat on the bone here on The Real Kipper and Born Show. We're back after these words.
4: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Our thanks to producer Sammy, who during the break text us a picture of Rory's golf shirt at the US Open. And I'm thinking um, oil spills uh, drip oh. on this shirt. <laughs> JB, am I. It's flowery, I far off on that? it's floral. Oh, it's floral. <laughs> oh, I thought he was yeah. under his private jet that uh, leaked oil.
1: <laughs> you know when you wear this golf shirt? When you've just won a million dollars in another golf tournament and you're feeling like the best player in the world. Like, one if point, Sam McKee wears six. this golf shit. A golf shirt, sorry. Also, that was fitting. Extremely oh, <laughs> fitting, faux pas. If <laughs> 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 Sam awesome. McKee oh, wears this my. golf shirt, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it works as well.
0: <laughs> There's what we really feel about that oh, shirt. Oh, Out, God. Outstanding. <laughs> All right, we kind of <laughs> teed it up a little bit. Uh, the the goaltending situation with the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, uh, no idea where this thing's headed. I was on no. the morning show with our good friend uh, JD. We talked a little bit about it. The name Matt Murray came up. Clearly, still, uh, whether or not uh, Leafs are talking to Kurt over, Hart, uh, or 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 not meaningful conversations, true conversations we don't believe are happening. When I speak of that, I speak of, hey, here's an offer, uh, or here's a counter offer, or let's find a number. It doesn't appear like that process has started, which means what, guys? The Leafs are shopping around, and could Matt Murray find his way to the Toronto Maple Leafs. uh, I'm going to admit I
1: didn't read the article in The Athletic all the way through. I'm going to go ahead and admit that. Can I ask why we're talking about Matt Murray? Like, his last three seasons, he played 38 games, 27 and 20, and didn't have a 900 save percentage. So what do we... uh, Is he cheap? Okay, I'm cheap, but I can't play in the league. Can Matt Murray?
0: Well, he's not cheap. He's got uh, 6.25... Million left on a two-year deal. <laughs> so, so what are we doing here? Well, well we're talking about a guy that uh, still in the rearview mirror. You could see two Stanley Cup championships. Let's start there, JB.
1: I mean, not to be the yeah. ultimate dickhead here, but like Grant Fuhr has a bunch of Stanley Cups
0: too. At what yeah. point if you can't play? You can't play. Like, well, is is that is that is that been determined? Is that is no, him on it's a bad not. team? Uh, yeah that's
1: fair
0: there's a relationship 28 he's young he's 28 there's a prior relationship with kyle dubas and matt murray and it has been known in the inner circles that kyle has been a fan of matt murray so there there's something there
1: i mean there is because i know kyle is i i don't even want to say loyal to a fault he's just like once you've been a part of his junior uprising you're a part of his life forever you know like all of the staff all of the everyone has had some has stayed in his bubble you i think the only guy who didn't is tony d'angelo and that's because you know there's some red flags there but don't rule it out happening someday you know like he loves the guys who have been with him so i understand why we're talking about yeah. him in that regard but again 899 893 906 last year i don't know guys well i
0: I do believe that you know Dorian's doesn't want to move forward with Matt Murray in a perfect world and at two years left at six point two five if in fact Ottawa was to eat a million and a half or two million does Matt Murray at four million or four point two five million make a lot of sense for a lot of hockey clubs, including the Toronto Maple Leafs. I guess the
1: fundamental question you're actually asking here is, do you believe that Matt Murray has a resurgence, a, a bounce back in him? Correct. To be the guy he was at one point. And so yep. that's that's all that matters here. It's a big bet. If you're betting yes, you want to bet 4 or $5 million and you're starting goaltender position on it? That, that's not me, Kipper. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah. Um I, I I I'm with you and, and Sammy in terms of can is there enough time uh for the Leafs who are in a must win now scenario to work with Matt Murray and rejuvenate his career.
2: How about this once though? well one, once you get him in here once you get him in here with your goalie coach, you should be fine. Oh wait, you don't have a goalie coach. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> so I, once- I, I I'm not a fan of it at all. Is there some reason
1: to be showing Jack Campbell that there are other names you could sign? Could that, you know, give you some leverage in negotiations? Say, you're not the only guy for us. Like, it, has it not seemed like the position from the Campbell camp is, look, what are your, what's your other options? It's me or who? We can give Darcy Kemper six million dollars a year or whatever next year. It's so I, I don't know. Maybe this is part of posturing, like, hey, I do have other suitors out there. There um, are other potential goaltenders out there if you're the Leafs.
0: Well, like, isn't that message already clear? It's June 16th. The Leafs have not, at uh, in my belief, have made him any type of offer yet. Uh, is the writing on the wall here for, for Jack? We are going to look around, and then we'll get back to you.
2: Yeah. that Better be careful not- with that approach
1: with relationships and scorned you you don't like people harboring uh bitterness over their contracts and the way that that all played out right
2: quick one before before we go fellas i just saw on Twitter from last night darcy kemper doesn't wear socks in his skates have you ever been no socks and skates guys yeah i've done that on
0: a couple occasions awful feeling and that's only because I i was too lazy to go get socks I, I, <laughs> yeah not not a great
1: feeling good for Kemper unique
0: I've dabbled right. feels good oh gosh that's the fastest hour guys in NHL hockey history right now Brian Boucher our thanks to you for joining us and we're right back here on the real Kipper and Born show tomorrow enjoy your night everybody